0: is for those who want to make technology sexy. All the product developers, designers, UX, UI professionals, product managers, CTOs and CEOs. And it is for you. My name is Dr. Peter Oreska. My friends call me Dr. Peter. I am your host and I am happy that you are here. A preliminary remark on my own behalf up front. You may have missed a podcast episode, an episode of the Human Technology Podcast last week. I have decided to go to bi-weekly instead of weekly and publishing new episodes. A couple of things happened in my life. Uh, Some new projects um, became active. Um, They started you will get to know about this once it's time to talk about it but um since i want to deliver you the best possible quality i decided instead of producing an episode every week i will go to a biweekly uh rhythm so every second week there will be a new episode i can i can imagine to go back to to the weekly rhythm um maybe in another point in time but for a foreseeable time frame, I um, will post every second week a new episode. Today's episode is about the CAR HMI 2021 event, uh, which is a conference I attended last week, and um, I summarize the main points here and um yeah talk a bit about what what what's uh, what was going on and, and what happened at the at the at the event for everyone in the room it uh, was an uh, emotional moment it was very emotional because it was the first conference after many many months with uh, reduced contacts uh, contacts with uh, reduced communication Um, so for the first time in in weeks and weeks and months and months suddenly there were real people in real rooms with real full complete communication on on, with all senses being present and everyone realized how much uh, we have missed it and as good as remote work is and home offices and as um uh, as as much worth as there is in um Um, tools like zoom or teams or um, you name them the uh, the real communication the face-to-face thing is something we as humans need we as humans enjoy and so yeah it it was very very emotional the the car hmi is um, a very established conference on automotive hmis it was the 10th uh, year of car hmi and um They're having the the German version, uh, which is usually held at uh, Berlin. And uh, there's also uh, a US-American and North-American version, which is usually held at Dearborn in in Michigan. And uh, this spring, there was also an online event. Uh, I think it was in, in April this year. And for me, this car HMI conference is among the best uh, I know in the area of automotive HMIs. So, to be honest, there is one other, which is the Intuitive uh, Vehicles Conference of uh, Red Cabin. And I think these two, they are the best of of their kind, uh, the best automotive HMI meetings Um, that that I am aware of, and um, that I attend, and that I contribute to. For me, it was the first live conference since the Intuitive Vehicles in October. Um, 80 people uh, were on-site at the uh, Hotel Titanic Straße in downtown Berlin, in Berlin-Mitte, and roughly the same number of participants dialed in. Most of the presentations were held on site in the meeting room, a few had to dial in uh, due to various travel restrictions either by their states, uh, by by their governments or by their respective uh, companies. But uh, as I said, the, the vast majority of presentations were on site. I had the honor to give a short keynote in the beginning and then to moderate the, the first day on the second day I held a world cafe on the topic of post pandemic mobility. I have written a, a paper on this one I made a podcast episode on this one but um, working with a bunch of uh, very professional mobility, HMI, automotive people on the issue, brought up a couple of new aspects, changed my view a bit in in some aspects. So there will be a separate podcast episode about the World Cafe. As usual, um, I wrote a um, report on the meeting if you're interested in a copy of that um, send me an email on the podcast at beyond-hmi.de or a personal message on, on LinkedIn or on any other of, of, of the channels uh, where you can catch me let me know uh, if you're interested um, I will be more than happy to, to send you a copy as, as fast as I can I bring the, the PDF file on the way and then um, you will have your copy of the written report of the CAR HMI 2021. I identified three major thematic blocks, and um, I, will, I will present the information um, in these blocks. So that The first block is market and trends, the second one is user experience, and uh, the third one is technologies. So I will talk about these um, in the following minutes. One remark: I am talking about the statements of the speakers here, so I, I, will, I will reproduce their statements. And I agree widely with what I what they said. And if there is a something where I disagree or where I have a, a different idea or where I think that I can make an additional comment, I will of course do so and um, so um, yeah basically the statements of the speakers but a couple of commands from from my side as well so let's get into it Um, first one market and trends in automotive HMI the case mantra which uh, means connected, automated, shared and electric is still valid in the automotive industry to describe the automotive-specific megatrends um, that we have. And um, they all have their influences on the user experience, on the relationship between car and driver, And on the uh, HMIs, the the human machine interfaces. So, case is still alive. And I've talked a lot about this one, so I will not get deeper into it. But uh, talk a bit about the other megatrends that I have identified during the conference. One is that we have a growing number of screens growing size of screens and more more graphic uh, information presentation in vehicles. And um, this then raises the question, what what we are really going to do with all these screens and the real estate, the HMI real estate we have created on on, on dashboards. But uh, the trend is absolutely clear. Um, You may be aware of these pillar-to-pillar displays, that some OEMs uh, at least show in uh, show cars. And um, if you have a look at the very latest cars, many of them have have huge screens in them and and real huge uh, screen real estate. Another mega trend um, that we see is down aging. Down aging means that uh, we feel younger than we actually are. So we say that... uh, 50 is the new 30, and 60 is the new 40. Sometimes I ask myself, aren't we uh, cool enough to grow up? Um, but but anyway, um, people tend to feel younger than they actually are. And they want to see that uh, reflected in their uh, technological artifacts, and their cars. And um, so that, that is steering a lot of user experience in, in cars. We see a new family orientation, I think particularly amongst younger people, what we have. We have neo-cities. I take this as uh, megacities, um, new kinds of ecological cities, but also we see a certain number of cities that have been designed on a clean sheet of paper. That have been designed from scratch. So, somewhere in the middle of a jungle or in the middle of of a desert, somebody builds a city from scratch. There's nothing to, to, to take care of, or there's there's no past in the city, and this gives us the chance to try totally new modes of of mobility to integrate lives into into the, to, to, into totally new infrastructures and to structure life in a totally different way. And I see this uh Neo cities as as an experimental field, as an area of experimentation where you can um learn a lot and where you can realize a lot and, and yeah, I mean pretty pretty exciting things that go on. Another mega-trend uh, is green, green nomi, greenomics, greenomics. That is um, the combination of economy and uh, ecology. So we have um, a partnership between economical facts and, 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 and uh, um, economical procedures and structures, but also taking care about ecology. So that is uh, Greenomics. New luxury is a mega trend. Uh, New luxury means time for ourselves, time for wellness, for well-being, the raising quality of of life. Or as uh, Matthew Mockridge uh, once said, luxury no longer means it is so expensive that no one else can afford it. Luxury today means it's so individual that no one else understands it. And I think that that, that hits uh, the nail on the head. So um, it's not about money. It's about personalization, individualization. And the big question is, how can we get this into cars, into car HMIs, into vehicle interiors? So, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty, um, let's say, exciting aspect. Megatrend Simplicity... We all dream of a simplified world. It's super complex. We have tons of information and technology that we have to handle. And individual and personalized support in all situations. Uh, It was called uh, deep support, meaning um, that any aspect of life is supported in a personalized way. One of the most interesting moments in this uh, conference was when uh, one presenter from a technology company a chip producer talked about big tech and then google um, presented its vision on how future cars uh, will be and so the uh, chip producer um, the presenter said uh, big tech meaning google facebook twitter apple are taking over the vehicle more and more and uh, the manufacturers will lose control of the cockpit, the dashboards and all that will happen in a foreseeable future. And this is tragic because this design, interior design, HMI design have been more and more defined as as um, focus uh, points as as car competencies of OEMs in the recent years. So, I when when I started working automotive HMI's, there were it was the idea that that uh, the first years um, they were able will do the HMI for the car radios and the navigations and and, and everything that's on the dashboards. Then uh, the OEMs um, realized, hey, this is part of the interior. This is part of the entire brand recognition. So it's our core competence. And, and they pulled it onto their side. And they use these HMIs as a differentiator. Um, but when the brands or between uh, the, the, the models, the vehicle models, the lines that they have. Um, for example, uh, Stellantis was showing that um, how does a certain HMI look for the DS, uh, for the Peugeot, and for the Citroën car lines that, that, that they have. And uh, for the advantage of having a large number of various apps available in the vehicle, um, that that is the only advantage that, that OEMs actually have. But uh, they get Tons of disadvantages, for example, in design, as I just discussed it, in flexibility and control. startup times will, will grow. Um, they will lose safety. We will get a higher driver distraction. And in the end, the user is, is the product. And, and the attention being the most expensive currency we have, we as users pay for these services. And for me, this is a tragic, this is uh, unbelievable. And I totally follow um, this this particular speaker when he said that this is a comparably dangerous situation that, that we are facing. And the speaker also made a remark that I totally loved and that uh, I will take over into my own communication. He said, we love to hate big tech, And we hate to love them. So, I think that that, that brings it very much down to the point. And as I said, uh, there was a presentation by Google, um, which, of course, uh, took the total opposite point of view. um, With Android Auto and um, the Android uh, Automotive Operating System, they're having that and all the other Google software and services and um, he was celebrating that as a, as a great success. And of course, from, from Google's point of view, this is a big success. I mean, he stated that 10 out of the 15 of the world's largest vehicle manufacturers already have projects running with them. And um, the others, uh, the other ones missing, um, they at least think about integrating some kind of Google service into their cars with all the dangers um, that I have mentioned and with the what I see as as a comparably small advantage that uh, we we will have there okay a couple of more numbers and figures on markets and trends from the car hmi 2021 nine people Every day die in the United States because they use smartphones at the wheel. Nine people every day. In the Western world, humans spend an average of 40 minutes a day on YouTube, 2.5 hours per day on social media and an overall time of 12 hours in front of screens. And I mean, guys, a day has 24 hours and more than fifty percent of that, more than half of our time of a lifetime, we spend in front of us of screens. And then a final final figure is um, sales related to to automobiles, uh, to cars, to vehicles will double in the next ten years, whereby the topic of data based services will take over a significant share of the growth. And um, other components of of these uh, revenues are, as we have them today, vehicle sales, aftermarket sales, and uh, other forms of mobility. Let's move on to the second topic, the second part um, of, of statements I'm having here. It's the user experience. And there was one statement um, that I found surprising, positive, and something that, again, I think I will take over into my communication. It basically said, nobody wants to use technology. There's always a higher meaning behind it. So nobody uses a clock, but you just want to know what time it is. Nobody uses a washing machine. We want to have clean laundry and nobody uses a car drivers and passengers want to get from a to b as quickly cheaply safely and comfortable as as somehow possible and this basically fits or expresses very well my idea that there is a higher meaning behind technology that we have to put value into it so technology is, is not a meaning in itself it's not anything that comes out of itself and is produced for itself but uh, it is created to make human lives better in one way or the other and i, I think um, that this thought um is is a very valuable one and, and i think i will steal it and, and, and use it Another one is um, that HMI and user experience development, the development of human-machine interfaces, is like the work of a chef. So we take various ingredients, the best and the tastiest ones, we combine them, mix them, process them, and that, that, that's how a chef prepares the meal and then creates a positive atmosphere and then and serves the dish to the people who, who will eat it. And the ingredients in an HMI design um, is, is data, and the the people eating it are, in this case, the users that sit in a car and and work with uh, the automotive HMIs. And it is the art of of careful, uh, the art of carefully selecting the ingredients, combining everything well, and ultimately presenting them to the user for a real. real added added value and today we have the problem of having far too many ingredients by this means data and therefore often excessively filling meals meaning building overloading hmis with too much information too much um, crunched into it not really digestible so we have uh, tons of, of of solutions that are not of of uh, of, of real value, you just like a meal with too many ingredients, which is too big and and too heavy to eat. I found this an interesting comparison, and I like it that very much as well. And um, I think that's another one I'm going to steal for for future communication. Some more UX facts uh, that that were presented. Uh, Uh, by the the speakers, by the presenters. So drivers very often have the feeling of FOMO, the fear of missing out, the fear of missing something, so not being present when something happens, not not being amongst the first to know something. And so what they do is they pick up their their smartphones uh, with the idea maybe Google or Apple will help me to feel better. Another one was fun and freedom are the predominant user experiences in a car. And uh, privacy has has been added to this since the, the pandemic that we experience. So originally, the core user experience in a car, fun and freedom. And uh, now it is also privacy. And I see this particularly when I enter... Uh, a a bus or a train or an aircraft, so some kind of, of public transport, I uh, would like to have a little more privacy in there. And um, I have the feeling that there will be things happening in the near future, however, that may look like. I mean, you're already crunched pretty much into uh, an economy class seat of an aircraft. I don't know whether they can bring in some, I don't know, whatever privacy shields or helmets or whatever. But my feeling is them that there will be something happening in, in the foreseeable future. And security is the ugly side of user experience. And ugly in this context means it's not fancy, it's not flashy, it's not sparkling, it's not colorful, it's not sexy, it's not elegant. So it's a little ugly, but uh, I think it's absolutely required and it should be core of any user experience, particularly automotive user experience development, to put uh, security, safety and security into the focused Trust is the dominant user experience in automated vehicles today? So we are learning how to drive with partially automated vehicles, so maybe level two automation, which means that in some situations the car takes over-longitudinal and lateral control, but we need to remain in, in the loop and to control the machine all the time it is it is working. And we need quite some trust uh, to 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 do so, but uh, there is also the problem of overtrust that uh, people climb to the back seats when they have turned on the the automation, the level two automation of their cars. Um, yeah. So I, but I think trust is is a very dominant user experience once we get to to automation of driving. And finally, user surveys find problems of technology you find problems that users have and we as an industry are challenged to find the the solution there is this um, famous quote um, it is supposed to be by Henry Ford I, I don't know whether he really said it but he said if I had asked my users what they want they would have said faster horses And, of course, users think, act, and answer in in the world they live in 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 and what they know and their their known environments. And our task as professionals in the automotive industry is to find the next level, to find the higher level and say, okay, they say faster horses, what do they mean? And then we are challenged to find the solution, for example, a combustion engine or an electric engine or a car or whatever the right answer in that uh, context uh, would have been. Let's move on to the third part, the HMI technologies um, that will get into the cars in the future, some commands on existing technologies. A dominating discussion-dominating technological system will be driver monitoring systems. So they will be mandatory in all new vehicles from 2024 on in Europe. Um, do, I'm not aware how about it, how it is in the US, but um, I think they will be pretty much the same, maybe not the exact same year, but um, in, in a comparably short time, we will see driver monitoring systems in any new vehicle that, that comes to the market and driver monitoring is not about controlling the driver it is about the creation of security so is the driver awake or is he or she drowsy is he or she attentive is he or she ready and this readiness becomes very important when we talk about automatic driving. With more and more um, automation of driving functionalities, there will be situations uh, where you can just stop driving. And, uh, but uh, in, uh, let's say in the next 10, 15, 20 years, there will always be situations the car will not be able to solve by itself. But uh, where the driver has to hand over, has to take over, the vehicle hands over and then the driver takes over. And before this, this handing over process, um, handing over the driving task to the driver, it should be ensured that there is a driver, that he or she is not sitting on the back seat, that he or she is ready to take over, so hands on the wheel, eyes on the road, feet on the paddle, And then he or she is able to take over and not um, doing something else, not sleeping, not drowsing, whatever, doing uh, behind the wheel. And and so we will need this driver monitoring system to make sure that this handover is, is, is safe. All right. The number and size of screens is in, in, in vehicles is constantly growing. What do we do with them? This is, is again, a clear trend. Um, and with that, when, when I started working in automotive HMI development, uh, we had screens of maybe 6.5 inches. And uh, our task as, as HMI designers was, how, how can we squeeze all this information onto a screen how can we prioritize it how can we condense it so that that we get the maximum out of this comparably small area that that we have available to to design and to transfer information to the driver and now we have um, huge amounts of screen real estate we have big screens we have more than one screen we may have a pillar to pillar screen and um and, and and the question comes up what what do we do with it what what can we do there what can we put there what 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 can we realize in that certain context and so we went from bottleneck thinking to superfluous thinking um to yeah this changes the entire way we we think about automotive demise we we prepare the development we we do the development that we're doing the testing so all this, changed, um, is this change is changed or moderated. This change is moderated by the growing, growing screen size that that we are having. Another technology point that came up is head-up displays will be installed in a growing number of uh, vehicles. That is a trend that's also active. That is live. That's not coming. It is there, and. Um, when you see many of these um, yeah, graphics in magazines or in internet sites or in, in advertisements and commercials, many of these solutions are visions, are, um, yeah, the, the, the speaker said artsy uh, realizations, so it's it's not real. We are still pretty much limited in the size of head-up displays due to the size of the projectors, Due to the thermal problems we get, I mean, these projectors uh, get pretty hot. And um, that was new to me, and that was a bit uh, surprising to me as well. Um, One of the biggest bottlenecks is the computing power, the computing capacity inside a vehicle. So if you want to have a full windscreen augmented reality head-up display, um, you have to handle about 100 megapixels, and... Um, today's onboard electronics is not capable of doing that, and it will take some some time until we get there. So I'm I'm sure we will get there one day, but uh, today we have a couple of of um, bottlenecks we need to press this solution through. And uh, final one. Uh, voice assistants like Alexa will get into vehicles so there was one presentation of of Amazon and um they were very clear about this one said yes we are already in cars and uh, we already interact with in car voice recognition systems and these two systems they hand over uh the the each system is is doing what whatever is is it is best in so Alexa is doing some part, and the in-vehicle uh, system is some, doing some other parts of the voice communication. And um, they claim that user love, users love to have the same voice assist in their cars as they have it uh, at home. I believe, yes. Uh, my personal um, impression on these voice assists is that I don't want to have a spy in my home and on my car all the time. But... That is a different issue, and um, yeah, these privacy things, as far as as voice assists are concerned, um, that's a separate thing. Um, That, um, yeah, that's a separate thing. All right. Um, That brings us to the end. So, as a summary, the CAR HMI 2021, organized by WeConnect, was an excellent conference. The relevant topics were addressed, the selection of speakers was um, very good, it was correct. There's always a couple of presentations where you think, hey, why am I here, and why ain't I somewhere else? But uh, the number of these presentations on this conference was comparably low, it was far below average, So, um, yes, as far as the content and the presentations and the speakers were concerned, um, absolutely top grade. Plus that there were also numerous opportunities to expand and maintain uh, my network. Uh, I met many, many of my old friends and I made a couple of new friends. So, uh, very good uh, opportunities to, to work on the network. So, um, you will definitely see me next year, I will be back, and um, maybe I will meet you there in person. That's it for today. Thank you for spending time with me. I hope you were able to take something with you, and do something for yourself that will be forever. For an unknown exchange, you will find me on LinkedIn and on my websites, peter-rusker.com and beyond-hmi.de. Write me an email under podcast at beyond-hmi.de. Tune in next time, take care and stay healthy.